0: Slash awards. Only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com.
1: You're the mom, the maid, the keeper of the cookies. You do it all and you look good doing it. It's parenthood on a mother level. Here's your host, Denise Hanitka.
2: Everyone. This is On A Mother Level, episode 95. I'm your host, Denise Hanitka, and I'm so happy that you are back to listen to another conversation with a local mom who has some great stories to share. My guest is a return guest. Regina, mom of eight, is here, and you are going to love the chat we have. She drops a secret that she's been keeping for most of her life. Seriously. I don't think she's ever told anybody this or like very few people. So this is a biggie. You're going to want to stand by for that. Ah uh, but first you guys thank you for all your love and support for my last guest lisa who um shared the story of losing her 12-week-old theo to unsafe sleep practices at daycare so much love to her um i hope that she's gotten to read all of the positive comments and um you know we can all agree that that was a really tough listen but safe sleep is so important for all of us new mamas out there and um on that topic A reminder that those boppy lounge pillows, not the nursing ones, not the like half donut ones, but the lounge pillows that are more like a jelly donut, those are recalled. They are not safe for use in any capacity, and so you can bring them back to the store, or, you know, contact the manufacturer for the refund, or you can contact the Theo Wolf Foundation, and the foundation will buy them back for you for $10. That's how passionate she is about getting these recalled products out of family homes. So, Lisa, you're doing wonderful things, and um, I hope to follow up with her in the future as, um, as her story continues in court, unfortunately. So, to kick off this episode today, I'm going to tell a little story of something that happened to me this weekend. So, the last time I ran a 5K, longtime listeners will remember the last time I ran a 5K was in October of 2019, and you will recall that I told that story as part of a um a bad mom story or I forget what I called it, you know, the stupid thing, terrible thing that happened to me that week because I ran a 5K with my friend. I was maybe, oh, let's say nine months postpartum with Everett. And um, I thought I was in like fine shape, you know, just like whatever shape, you know, just had a baby shape, but not like, you know, dead shape turns out I was in dead shape because that was the um, most humiliating 5k of my life because it was kind of a small field and um, me and my friend came in last except for the mom who was walking with her child who um, could literally not keep the child on the actual route so um, they technically came in behind us but I mean you know whatever basically doesn't count and so it was like super humiliating. And so I decided to run a 5K this past weekend because here in the Quad Cities, they are building a brand new bridge over the Mississippi River, the I-74 Bridge. And so the old bridge is being torn down. And so for the very last time, they're letting people run across the bridge. So they created this 5K course that goes across the bridge and invited people to run it. And so I ran just for the experience of running across this bridge for the last time, you know, just so I could be a an super annoying mom one day and be like, you know, there used to be a different bridge here and your mom ran across it. <laughs> you know, you just want to be one of those like old timer mommy stories. Anywho. <laughs> so I'm um, I signed up to run this 5K and I actually have been doing quite a few runs um, recently. So I felt like in pretty decent shape. And, you know, I'm on like a tiny bit of a fitness journey anyway. I run a lot. But inside on the treadmill, Shout out Peloton Guided Runs on the treadmill. They're the best. So on this particular Sunday morning, it's a little colder than it's been in the past, and I'm used to running inside. So the minute the race starts, I'm like, oh, this cold air is burning my lungs. And there's just nothing like the feeling of starting a 5K and being like, Oh, I already don't feel good. I mean, it's 20 seconds into this run and I already feel terrible. So you just like automatically feel like so defeated and just so dumb. Like, can we, Can I just like blend into the crowd in some capacity and like pretend that I never sign up for this race? And disregard the bib that I'm wearing on my my front. So like the cold air is kind of burning my lungs and like already just feeling defeated. And I'm just running along, and I don't really like the headphones volume that I've selected. So I'm wearing one of those flip belts that you tuck your phone into. And so I'm just feeling through the flip belt to find the volume buttons on my phone. And if you're familiar with the iPhone, you know that if you press uh, the wrong button a certain number of times on your phone, you will hear the following. Oop! 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 which signals to you that your phone thinks that you are like in a murder situation and it is now calling 911. So there I am running down River Drive, trying to get my phone out of the flip belt to try to cancel this 911 call. The lady dispatcher answers. She's like, name and location, of your emergency. <laughs> and I'm like, sorry, this is an accident. I got to go. Ma'am, I need your name and location, <laughs> like, this is an accident. This is an accident. I didn't mean to call 911. Ma'am, I need your name and location. (laughs) So I'm like, this is Denise. I'm running a 5k. I did not mean to call. I'm really sorry. I gotta go. Okay, ma'am. All right. Okay. (laughs) So that's the first two minutes of this stupid 5K is my lungs are burning like an SOB and now I have called 911 from River Drive. If you were running near me and you heard this catastrophe, I hope that you had a giggle because it was just not, (laughs) oh, whatever. So now I'm running, I'm running and running. And um, so I do these Peloton guided runs, which is basically the instructor like telling you when to run faster, telling you when you can walk. And I like to run like that. I'm not a like, let's just turn on one speed and just ride it out. So I like the the guided intervals. And um, as I'm running and the bridge is super cool and uh, you're, you know, just got a, a vantage point of your community that you don't normally get. During one point of the guided run, the, the instructor, my favorite one, Just Sims, says, OK, for this entire next song, you have to smile, you know, because when you smile and you run, it automatically like changes your entire body posture while you're running. And so I that's exactly what I did. So if you saw me on the bridge and I was smiling like a Cheshire cat and mouthing the words to um, the classic song by La I mean that's just what was happening in my head. So, that's just where I was at on that particular run. And it felt great finish the run and, you know, try to chug it out the last, you know, stretch of the of the race before the finish line and to be clear, I'm not competitively racing and after the 911 call, I mean, clearly not. <laughs> but I crossed the finish line and I look up where they have the time clock. And I see that it has just turned 50 minutes. And I'm like, (laughs) I mean, really? (laughs) I mean, you were kind of chugging it out there. You really took 50 minutes to run this 5K? I mean, that's the slowest anyone has ever run. I mean, like, no one has ever taken 50 minutes to run a 5K and actually, like, ran the thing. So I was just, like, feeling super defeated Cross the finish line. I'm like, 50 minutes. Like, you—you've been working out. You lift weights. Like, what are you doing? Why is everything you do terrible? So I'm feeling kind of dumb, and and I felt so dumb that I even like sidestepped the QC marathon people who were handing out the little um race medals to the finish line. So I was like, I don't even deserve that. That's not for me. That's this is an embarrassment. (laughs) So. So I actually just like kind of walked around by the finish line. I didn't really see anyone I knew. I had a post-run beer by myself standing there posting to Instagram. Like just like such a loser moment for me. I just like was such a loser. (laughs) Got in my car and went home. And when I got home, my husband was like, how was your run? I was like, it was pretty bad. Did a really bad run. It was a pretty bad job. And he was like, well, you know, you were out there. So good for you. (sighs) whatever. So I felt kind of dumb the whole weekend long. And then on Monday, I'm sitting at my desk at work. And for some reason, I'm on the QC Marathon website. Um, I don't really know why. And I decided to look up my bib number just to see. um, (laughs) Truth be told, I wanted to humiliate myself even more. And I wanted to see like if I got last in my age group or something super embarrassing like that. (laughs) Put in my badge number. And it comes up that I finished in 34 minutes. Well, of course I came in at 34 minutes because the clock over the finish line was real time, not race time. It didn't start at zero. It started at 7.15. So when I came in, it was actually 7.50. So I ran that 5K in 34 minutes, which again, not a competitive runner. Frickin Usain Bolt ran like four 5Ks in that time. But, But for me, a 34 minute 5K is like you know, that's real progress for me. I remember I ran a 5k before I had kids and I actually trained for it. I just want to stress very clearly I'm not a runner. Like to anyone who's listening in this and it's like I finished that in 20 minutes. What a loser. I know. I know. I get it. I'm just like not a runner but I just like really try. So anyway so 34 minutes is really good for me. When I before I had kids I ran um, a 5k in 36 minutes and I like trained really hard for that. So I'm, I'm just not I'm just not an elite athlete and that's just fine. So anyway so the moral of this story is that before you get defeated um, and And feel like like anything you do is not worth celebrating and that um, you're just (laughs) you're just an idiot just remember do you know how to tell time because perhaps the problem is that you don't know how to tell time and not that you don't know how to run so that's (laughs) that's the moral of this story so Regina is the podcast guest today remember she has eight children but the big development is that five of those children have now moved out. So technically, she's just a regular old mom of three at this point. But anyway, so she came on and we started talking about, maybe you missed this, but the last time she was on the podcast, I can't remember the episode number, but the title was Regina Plus 8. I posted something about how one of one of Regina's goals through the podcast was to explain that families of eight aren't necessarily like, this crazy chaotic household you know she was talking about all those steve martin movies like eight is enough or 11 is plenty or whatever and and um she's like you know it just our house is not constant food fights you know, like everyone has their role and contributes to the household, and we wouldn't be able to function if we ran on chaos. So I posted something like that to Facebook, and it started the world's biggest Facebook fight between people who were like, oh, that's great. I'm glad she's mom shaming the rest of us who do have a chaotic household. That's just great. So it turned into this whole Facebook fiasco. So I talked to her about that, but I realized listening back to it that we never really explained what the Facebook drama was that we were addressing. So that's what it was is me saying like regina does not believe in chaos in the house and everyone deciding that was regina mom shaming people so anyway Regina is a delight. Um, She is one of those rare people who, when you just start talking to them, you are off and running, and your conversation just clicks the whole way through. Um, I have such great podcast chemistry with her, and I've never even met her in person. So I just think that's very cool, and I like having that energy with my guests. So I hope you enjoy this episode. It is episode 95. It is called Keely and the Camper, and you'll find out why when you listen to this conversation. So what is up? I feel like everything is up with you. (laughs) I
1: know. I know. I know. Lots of changes, but you know, I'm absolutely fine with it. Totally fine. My My brother, you know, about six months ago when we knew what was going to happen, he's like, so when you start therapy and I'm like, really, (laughs) I'm okay. (laughs) But I think, I think I told you, we, we officially had five children move out in a seven week time so and
2: all for like big things yeah
1: too. i know but that's what's supposed to happen so then i got smart and i moved the three children that are left in the basement so i have oh. the
2: whole upstairs it's great <laughs> so we're moving them all out yeah Yep. Yeah, yep yeah, exactly well, that's kind of why I wanted to talk to you because I feel like there's a lot of um, little updates and I figured like the little updates would come with a lot of stories. <laughs> um, so not that I want to like dive into your children's personal lives, but you know, like your boy going to the Navy I know. and your daughter getting married. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's big stuff. Yes. And so, um, yes. so talk to me first about the big wedding you hosted. Okay. So it was...
1: For weeks and months, I was so stressed about it because, you know, weddings, big groups, families, dancing, you know, but it worked out perfectly because my daughter and her husband are very, they're, they're very social, but they don't really socialize with a bunch of friends and large groups. They're just very much into family. And so of all my kids, when I thought about it, I thought, you know what, this is perfect for Annie because she it was very quaint. You know, um, I could only have my brothers and sisters, not my oh. nieces and nephews, as well as on, on the groom's side. Well, about... Gosh, it wasn't even two weeks before the wedding, the groom's mom called me up and she's like, hey, she's like, I just have this idea. And I, oh, I just don't know. I just don't. And I'm like, what? Throw it on me. She's like, what if, you know, because back up, that's when like the COVID um, was getting a little bit better. They were, they were, um, what's the word I'm loosening up on us. So she's like, what do you think about having the cousins come to the reception and surprise Annie McGuire. So I immediately got goosebumps and I was just like, oh my gosh, because, you know, Annie's very close with her cousins and I just felt bad because like my little sister, you know, she's got a baby and she flew all the way from from Colorado. So it's like, hey, thanks for coming. You know, find a sitter for your little one. So um, it was, it was beyond perfect. Um, We had all the one on the other side, he um, was stuck in an airport. He was gonna fly home and surprise um, my son-in-law from California, and it just didn't happen. He had to turn around and go back home. But um, most, if not all the cousins, um, so they, the reception was at a home, um, a palace, I might add. It's just this huge, beautiful, beautiful home that um, my son-in-law's aunt said, you can have it here. So there's a big balcony. So, right after we finished dinner, the best man stood up and he's like, Hey, I just have a feeling it's going to be a great night. So, then you know, that I got a feeling started playing. I went, yes, yes. Yeah, and um, <laughs> I, I originally wanted We Are Family, but then I realized that's like so 80s. And uh, <laughs> so um, they came out, you know, they were looking. And so then the, the, um, the mother of the groom and I, we just started kind of like, and then we went and got our husbands and kind of just started dancing. And I still don't think Annie got it. Well, then they were up on a big balcony. So we kind of pulled them out and they looked up and I mean, there wasn't a dry eye. It was so Cool, and um, you know it was just cousins of all ages, and and so I and honestly, I don't know what we would have done without the kids at the reception because they are, you know, they're the they're the ones that really kind of get until people yeah. had a couple drinks in them, you know. <laughs> um, so it was
2: just. I mean, yeah, this is an Irish Catholic wedding, You're so all right,
1: you darn <laughs> right. I don't think he'll mind me telling you this. My my son-in-law suffers from migraines. And he did not. Of course, he was nervous and excited. So he's supposed to have caffeine like as soon as he wakes up. Well, he didn't. And so uh, we get to the reception and I mean, he had a horrific migraine. It was so bad. He had to leave and go up and take a shower upstairs because it's just, that's how bad it is. So it was so sweet because each one of my brothers took a turn sitting with Annie and eating and talking to her. And so I, I think, you know what? I mean, I, I was horrible that it happened to him, but they each got a turn just sitting and eating with their niece. So that was, that was cool.
2: Yeah, yeah, that is very cool. Yeah. So overall, how mother of the bridey were you? Oh. I would say on a scale
1: of one to 10, I was a, probably a negative one. Um, so I had threats from my girls. (laughs) Um, no, I'm just kidding. I'm, you know, obviously I'm very blingy and I was like, oh, you know, I'm probably going to come down out of the ceiling and have wings and trumpets are going to (laughs) blow. Um, but yeah, it, it worked out fine. Um, after I bought the dress or before, anyway, long story short, we were both in Navy, which I'm sure if my grandmother were alive, you know, that's, Oh, you don't do that. You don't do that. But it was so cool. Cause both the moms were in Navy. Um, we both did the readings for the mass, so, you know, cause there were no friends or groomsmen or any of that. So it just, it made it so unique and intimate to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. The only regret I have, but I couldn't talk him into it. We did not videotape it. Okay. But we went to a wedding not too long ago. And my husband and I are looking at each other like, whoa, it was up and down, up and down, up and down, you know, the videographers and that. And it's like, wow, I'm glad we didn't have that, you know? Yeah. So.
2: Well, we didn't have a videographer at ours either. Now, granted, this was 10 years ago now, but mm-hmm. we didn't either. And I'm glad we didn't. As fun as it would be, maybe to go back and watch, I I really like that I don't have any memories of <laughs> seeing myself on video and going, ah, you didn't look great oh. there, or you didn't, you know, maybe you looked dull. Like I would have critiqued myself, sure, sure, and like I don't, I don't need that. Yeah. I don't need that noise. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So I'm just like, it was a day. It was a great day. Mm-hmm. It happened, mm-hmm. and like I think I'm, I think I'm good with that. Yeah. My kids
1: just sit and wet their pants watching ours because it's, you know, (laughs) just not only the music and the dances, but, you know, we got married in the nineties when literally you blew up balloons and crepe paper and you called it a reception hall, you know? And so they're like, mom, I can't believe you did that. I'm like, well, everybody did, you know, Mm -hmm. so, but to each their own, you know, it's okay. And you know, that's what pictures are for. So
2: weddings are, are getting to a much better place where size doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You know, venues don't matter. Like so many of the things that were like expected of you are no longer expected. And I think, I just think that's all a better thing. Yes, I mean, even when I was getting married, it was like, the dawn of the Mason Jar Age, you know. So it was like you still did all the traditional things, but like, look how fun we are with a Mason Jar, like, right. that. so silly and creative and casual, you know. But like, there, there were, it was leaning towards something different, but not quite. Yeah. So and now I, I think. I think that weddings are just just such a better oh, reflection of the couple. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um,
1: and I like that Annie kind of set the tone because, you know, having three other girls um and realizing, you know, I mean, we we went to Hobby Lobby in the wintertime and got the bouquets. And then one Saturday afternoon we all got together and made the bouquets together, you know, and there's just so many ways you can make it work. And so I mean, there's an online site, so backing up. Do you ever use your wedding gown again? I mean, it sits in your closet or, you know. So Annie found a site online and you mail your measurements and then they mail you the gown. And I kid you not, I think she paid, I know she paid a hundred, oh, under a hundred dollars for it. And it was beautiful. It was darling. Years ago, up on the Avenue of the Cities, you used to be able to rent your gown and your bridesmaids' gowns. And that was awesome. I had a friend that did that and it was perfect, but
2: yeah. And see, I'd be I'm... down for that with the bridesmaids. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I, how I'd feel about renting my, my wedding dress. Oh yeah, that's true. But you know, um, you, you don't sorry. know what had happened in that dress. <laughs> <laughs> like That thing could be cursed. That thing could, you just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: true. (laughs) Uh, But when you're tight on a budget, it works. Um, Yeah. Yeah. The other thing, when you were talking about weddings changing, thank goodness. Like we did not do any of the, you know, when the guests leave with a little trinket or, I mean, how many koozies do you need with their wedding date on it? You know, you know, there's definitely ways to, I don't even want to say cut the budget. It's just, Is this necessary? You know, because as soon as you get to the reception, the lights go off and you don't notice all that, you know, so it it was perfect. It truly, really was.
2: Talk to me about your husband giving away his first daughter.
1: Oh, well, so. Uh, the day that she was married was it was overcast. I think it had rained in the morning, and so it was a little yucky out. And you always go with, "Oh, that means you're you know it's luck on your wedding day." <laughs> you, know? you just pull that out every time. <laughs> so um, I didn't notice it, of course, because I was just in a oh, on a high. But um, when father got to the homily, he said, "Annie, when you walked down the aisle, the sun shone right behind you." And, uh, and father has known Annie her entire life. So it was a very um, intimate, again, you know, everybody that was there was just, um, as far as Brian, he did not cry, I thought he would, but he, you know, he did the traditional handshake with, with the uh, McGuire. And I think he said, remember what I said. So at the rehearsal, I had all the, like the grandparents and, and parents and aunts and uncles, um, marriages in like little different picture frames. That was it. That was our decor. And then I asked them weeks before the wedding, just some marriage advice, a line or two, you know, nothing, nothing huge. And so they were, all the little cards were in front of all the marriages. And so with the rehearsal, Brian kind of pointed that out to both of them and said, look around you, you know, and we are so blessed that there's not one, I don't think there's one divorce on either side, which is, you know, that's very rare and I'm very blessed and I'm not being judgmental by that. But um, he said, you know, marriage is not easy. And so you need to take your time and walk around and look at these quotes and keep them in mind and turn to any one of us for advice or for, you know, so um, I I believe that's what he whispered to him, but here's the funny story. So this little priest from Togo He's a riot. He is so funny. Every time I go to church, I go, did you miss me? And he, you know, he's got that little accent and he's like, I missed you. So he co- kind of celebrated. So they're taking pictures after the wedding and he's got his arm around both of them. And he's like, have lots of babies, lots and lots of babies. I'm like, stop. No, she no, she needs to finish school. Blah, 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 you know? And uh, so sure enough, sweetheart, little Annie, she's got my fertility gene, um, came back from the wedding or the honeymoon. And so uh, about six weeks later, I went up to father and I said, well, your wish came true. <laughs> and the neat, neat part about it is she is due on St. Patrick's Day. Hello.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Isn't that perfect? Yeah, that is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, How is she doing? How is she feeling?
1: Oh, gosh. Well, it was she was very, very sick. And then I've never heard of this, but her white blood cell count was high. And so they thought maybe bladder infection, but they couldn't find anything. So I started getting worried. And then the next time she went back, she said, everything's fine. So okay. she's skinny okay. as a rail. So I'm hoping this puts some pounds on her, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, she will be fine. She, Annie is our mother hen. She always had a baby in her hand um, when she was little and truly that's, you know, it's perfect. That's all she's really ever wanted is to be married, a nurse and a mommy.
2: So. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah.
1: There you go. Well,
2: congratulations. First grandchild on the way. Yeah.
1: Thank you for not calling me. Congratulations, grandma. Cause I'm just not uh, ready for that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> not feeling it, huh?
1: Not until I see that baby. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay that makes so. sense.
2: Are you going with grandma or have you like brainstormed like your grandma name? You
1: know, I, we always called my, uh, Nana and Papa. And my husband is adamant. He does not. He wants to be called grandpa. But I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave it up to the little one because my mom was drama because Annie couldn't say grandma. So she's been all sorts of, you know, different. So I thought, okay, I really wanted grandma bling, but, <laughs> but you know, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> glamma, you know, there's some oh, glamma. There you go. Glamma. That's true, but you know, I want I want to start out with their language, and they should be speaking two or three syllable words. So let's go with Grandma Bling. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, okay, so that's all wonderful news about Annie. Yes, let's let's go down the line. Then who's uh, number two with the biggest news? Would that be um,
1: it, gosh, Navy well, Boy? Let's just go through them all. Yeah, probably no. the, the Navy Boy. That is too funny. So my Thomas, I got COVID twice even after vaccination. So, what? I was in quarantine on my birthday and when he left for the navy. So no, talk about no. yeah, depression. I know. I know. So, um I had all these visions of, you know, being there and sending him off and waving and watching him, you know, the last minute walking. So, but it again, it's okay. He but we just said, you know what? Forget it. I had been in quarantine like 8 days. So, he came in that um that morning and just kind of stood there and he's like bye mom and so I got up and we were masked but I know I know so we gave each other big huge hugs and then um, oh gosh so he got to Des Moines and um, did all this paperwork and then they basically I mean this is military dropped him back off in his hotel room And he's like, "Uh, I don't have any money. (laughs) So he bought his his uh, mate. He was a Marine going in. So they had a twenty dollar bill. They walked like a mile and a half to McDonald's. And (laughs) I think between the two of them, they had like five meals. Um, And I'm like, enjoy it now, dude. Enjoy it now. So um, I was not prepared for the phone call. Um, Now I understand it. So Ah, when they get down there, um, so we had been talking, you know, while he was in the airport. And so a couple of days later, the next day, I see his, it's his cell phone. And I'm like, hi, honey. And he just starts, this "This is Thomas Jane Noblo and report. And I was like, oh, (laughs) and well, I know I started saying, no, this is another phone call. Anyway, that was the phone call. And the way they end it is they say goodbye. And they hang up like they give you, um, they say you will be receiving mail within the next three weeks, blah, 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 blah. And then goodbye. Oh yeah. There's a script. Hey, no, It's like
2: right there with the phone. Yeah.
1: So then I never have my phone on with me in school. It's usually either in my car or in my book bag. And if I have it, I never had the ringer on. And so all of a sudden I, I get a phone call and I look over and I'm like, Oh, I don't know anybody. And I think it was like Minnesota. And, uh, so I'm like, okay, I'll just pick it up. And I'm like, you know, this is Regina. And he's like, hey, mom. <laughs> and of course I, I start off with, cause it was during the heat alert. I'm like, oh, honey, how are you? Do you have sunscreen? Do you, have-? and he's like, this is being recorded. Da, 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 da. I need to know Annie's married name. <laughs> and I'm like, you don't know your sister's new married name. <laughs> and that was all he needed. And so then boom, he had to hang up. So, wow, um, Okay. yeah, but- because of COVID, you can only have two people um, go to graduation. So um, I just pray COVID still, you know, stays in, <laughs> stays in the closet for a while. Um, so we are going down on a Thursday. Um, and that because his graduation's like really early Friday morning. So okay. um, I'm not prepared for this part because I, I, well, I've learned through the military, you hear things at the last second, like they could change like that. So we know that he's going to be staged, stationed in Pensacola, Florida. So when we were originally talking about this, I'm like, well, I'm going to get a hotel room that night. And Brian's like, you're what? I said, well, yeah, that way he can come back to the hotel and stretch out and have some pizza. And he's like, Regina, they have to go back to the ba-. And I'm like, what? Why? <laughs> so, I mean, they are they are now wards of the military or you know what i mean, like yeah they don't, yeah so um and everything's just up in there they're like you could have 20 minutes with your sailor or you could have a day they just they don't know so i'm just gonna you know hope for the best and um i'm packing a couple civilian clothes for him and he's written he's written a couple times home um it's so cute because he'll like label each kid and give like three or four sentences you know to them personally it's really cute
2: oh that's very kind
1: and he said you'd be proud of me dad i like fish now and then he put because everything else is plastic and crap
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah So all I have experience with is um, covering a Marine graduation. Oh, oh.
1: you know what? I I heard that. Where did I? Oh, I heard you on your September 11th podcast and all the moms were going, is that my son's feet? Is
2: that? Oh, yes, yes. And so that was, that was just such a, um such an intimate look into the military and, you know, the families and, and especially in that early stage, you uh-huh. know, when everyone's trying to figure it out. Okay. But one thing about the Navy or the the Marine graduation is that um, these boys don't look the same, oh. you know, and I don't just mean the hair. I mean, mm-hmm. they like lose 20 pounds. Yeah. They stand up real tall. Like, like the parents in the audience were just like, Aww. in awe of their boys and so mm-hmm. just even even that part was cool because you could just I don't know they just couldn't take their eyes off of their yeah. guy yeah you know and it Aww. was just it was so sweet and yeah. so special and that's like yeah. one of the one of the favorite stories that I've ever done is covering that marine graduation It was that's so it was cool so, so, special. so yeah. I can only imagine it will be a oh, very special I know, special day I
1: know. For you. um he is on my list, though. I am going to give him a little t- mom talk because <laughs> when I went yeah. downstairs after he had left, now mind you, he's he's gone for six years. Now, I don't mean like completely stripped the walls and everything down, but- he did nothing like absolutely nothing like everything's still out you know uh, and I'm like Thomas you were supposed to tidy this room up but uh I'm sure when he comes home for his first leave he will be more than um disciplined and uh he'll probably be a professional with tidying up
2: (laughs) yeah well, you know, that's one thing that, that had some people worked up on Facebook about after your last appearance here. Oh on the my podcast. gosh. I mean, first of all, did not expect that to be a hot button I issue. But let's talk about it for a second because I thought it was, I thought it was such an important statement that you made that you were just like, look, no, we're not a chaotic family. We Mm -hmm. have to run on Mm -hmm. organization. Yeah. And we keep things moving. And you know, and and certainly certainly no one's suggesting that it was a boot camp environment. No. But like I think it's fair to say like, nah, like this place isn't gonna be a bounce house. Like, no, we're not gonna run this like the like the Jungle Joey's place. Like we Well, I I don't know why that got to everybody so much. I I know,
1: I know my, you know, it was so funny. My kids were like, you need to, you know, call and you need to, (laughs) yeah, because I can't remember one of the, one of the comments was like, something about this woman is so fake or something like it, it, that would never happen. But not so much the bounce house, but do you remember I prefaced my story by The Steve Martin movies where everybody, you know, it's nuts. They throw food fights and that. That was all I was kind of alluding to was, you know, because it's funny when my kids were little and they would have friends over that I think they thought that's what was going to happen in their mind. And then they would go home and be like, oh, you know, aside from there was a lot of food at the table, you know, it really wasn't that different. So I did not mean to come off as oh i'm perfect or i didn't mean to come oh. off as you know yeah i'm kate plus 8 and they better you know line up and do this this and this but i guess i'm No just and I, it no works.
2: well first of all we got into talking about it because we were talking about myths of big families okay. you know what i mean so it was relevant in terms of that right but number two i feel like overall there's like a trend of judgment towards parents who discipline and oh. i don't mean bank mm, <laughs> and right. I don't mean right but I mean discipline yeah and like I find myself I can I can be pretty strict right particularly out in public where like oh. I'm not afraid to be like no right stop what you're yeah. doing and and I'll get like kind of owly about it mm-hmm. and, and sometimes I find myself a little self-conscious that someone's going to see me and go sure oh, yeah yeah he's like you know and I just don't feel like I have anything to be ashamed of Mm -hmm. I am worried about raising two boys who cannot be good citizens (laughs) you know what I mean like that's important to me yes and and you'll see it on like um you know mom Facebook groups and Mm -hmm. stuff and people were like, oh no, we don't do timeouts. You know, now timeouts are out of fashion because timeouts, timeouts are now isolation Mm -hmm. and they're leaving the child, you know, feeling neglected. Yeah. And I'm Mm -hmm. a yeller Mm -hmm. and I'm not super gentle. So (laughs) so I don't really mesh well with those things.
1: Yeah. My son will will claim, he claims that he has a scar from church. (laughs) Cause you know, you can't, so you just dig your hand in, you know, <laughs> but um, now we'll probably get callers on this, but so we live in a very safe neighborhood. I want to preface that, you know, and it is just a straight shot. We have lots of um, little sidewalks in that. So one, <laughs> one time, uh, a couple times you can ask my kids, um, they would have to get, if they were fighting back and forth, they would get their shoes on and they'd have to walk to Burger King or whatever place I would show them and then walk back just to be together. One time I had Thomas, of all kids, was fighting with his younger sister, so I made him go out to the kitchen. I gave him a recipe, and they had to bake cookies together, and if I heard one word, they were going to bake something else, and they were just going to keep baking until they weren't fighting anymore, Um, and that is probably considered (laughs) child abuse now, but I mean, and, and I know like parents, um, that you can't even say no anymore. You can't say no, you know? And I'm like, what word are you supposed to in there? You're supposed to say, uh, oh no, thank you. No, thank you. And then something else. And I'm like, yeah, that, and as a teacher, I'm going to tell you right now, you can pick those kids out immediately, immediately. Because when you try and discipline them in the schools, they look at you like, what? And you, you know, so yeah, no, I don't think there's anything wrong with what you're doing. I think it's wonderful. And I think it's very smart to, to do that when they're so young, that way you don't, all of a sudden, you know, you're not like, okay, this is what's not allowed now at this stage. No, it's never been allowed. So yeah, I'm that way at weddings. I don't know how you feel, but I cannot stand it when little kids get out there before the cake has been cut. Like they run and run and run, or they're running when the bride and groom have their first dance. It's like, there's a time and a place for little kids, but it's not when the bride and groom are having their first dance or when there's grandma and grandpa out there who could be easily knocked down and knocked over. But that's probably just my small little opinion, but, oh, I could, we could do a whole segment on parenting and stories.
2: No, and we're definitely going to. So I'm going to come back to a topic really quickly, but but on the topic of running and running and running, and this is just something to have in your mind for mm-hmm. when grandbaby comes. I was at my grandma's house a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And she has the type of house where, you know, the rooms are situated such that there's a very natural circular course Okay. You know? Okay. So from the kitchen to <laughs> the hallway, to the TV room, yes. back to the kitchen, you know, yes. that's sort of a loop. Yeah. And I hate that loop because my kids are like, oh yeah, like uh-huh. we got. This <laughs> I don't like when my kids run around, particularly in someone else's home yep. and they're four and two. And to get to my grandma's house, we have to drive three hours, you know, so they get out of that car and they're ready to do sure. some laps. Sure. And so you know my grandma's there and my parents are there. Mhm. So the boys start doing their laps and I'm mm-hmm. like
0: no no you got to sit mm-hmm. and
2: and finally my dad goes Denise are you going to leave those boys alone? <laughs> and I was like well this is rich. Done. Done. <laughs> this is rich because number 1 I'm just terrified to death that you're going to think that I don't have control of my kids. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You just like, right. I'm not around my parents all that often. So especially oh, okay. when I haven't seen them in a minute, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, okay, these are going to be some good disciplined right. kids. Right. You no. Know? Right. And then, so then he's like, just leave them alone. And I'm like, And who are you now? That's what (laughs) I was going to ask you. So would you have run around like that? No, no. Exactly. No, there would not be any running and most certainly not in that loop. Exactly. No, because it was the same, you know, my grandma lives in the same house that she did when we were kids. And (laughs) and I'm like, this is rich. Yeah. Suddenly, suddenly now (laughs) I need to leave these poor kids alone. Coming from you, dad, that is rich.
1: That's precious. (laughs) Um, We are having a lot of issues with, you know, with COVID, these little kindergartners coming in, they totally got robbed of preschool, you know? So, and then even our first graders were rest. So they're like, boom, like, like sprinting down the hallway, you know, and we have to, like, we have to go back and go over so many things that, you know, the kindergartners already kind of had a grasp on. So I'm always like, are you at a park? When do we run? We run at the park or in the gym, you know, and then two minutes later, you turn around and they're sprinting back.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So my kids daycare does something that I love. Um, and it seems a little like military, Uh but I love it. They say they teach the kids to say, okay, and do it right away. Oh, my favorite rhyme of all time. So my kids are like, okay, I do it right away. I'm like, you bet you do it right away. Now, do they do it every time? No. no. Yeah. I sort of love, like, I wouldn't have come up with that on my own. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that that's the message at daycares. So we mm-hmm. say okay and no. we do it right Cute. away. What about
1: make a bubble? Have you heard that? No, let's make a bubble. So it's when they're walking down the hallway and they have to be quiet, make a bubble. And they just, you know, yeah, yeah. Okay. But they got to understand how to breathe out of their nose too. So that <laughs> could be a problem. <laughs>
2: Oh, okay, good. so going back to your okay. baking story. Yes. We we have, you know, a 4 and a 2-year-old. So Abram turns 5 this week. So Aww. big day this week. Um so we're going to have a 5 and an almost 3-year-old and um boy, they fight. Yeah. Oh, do they fight? Holy smokes, they fight. And I don't mean like a fun like brother's tussle sort of mm-hmm. fight. I mean it's like Oh yeah. Oh, that toy, this, the one that you wanted. Like just the fighting. Yes. Is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And, and I've started shouting at them, work it out, <laughs> work it out between the two of you. Absolutely. Work it out. Absolutely. You know what that means, but I'm telling a two-year-old to work it out that, you
1: know what I, that is perfect though, because you're not always going to, you know, be in there saving them. that's hilarious. So let me ask you, how long does it take <laughs> for them to work it out and then go into
2: the next wrestling match? <laughs> Yeah. It just totally depends. Yeah. I mean, because, because legitimately they just, they, 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 they pick at each other purpose. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh you yeah. No, it's not like misunderstandings. Yes. it's They, they understand perfectly that mm-hmm. what they're about to do is going to make the other yeah. one mad. Yeah. It's so on purpose and it's so <laughs> intentional and I just can't believe they can do that all the live long day. No, yep, They will trust me. They will. I don't know
1: how many times I go out to the living room and there's, you know, a 21 year old and I'm like, really? Really? Oh gosh. But you know, you tend to, I see this with my brother because he has two boys almost exactly your age and you immediately, I don't know if you do, but you immediately want to go to the older one. Like, leave your brother alone. And oh no, at two and a half, three, they know exactly what they're doing. And, you know, poor Jack, he just kind of sits there like, but you didn't see him like beating him with the car on the head or, you know. (laughs) And this little, oh, he's a little red head. And the other day, my brother went to pick him up and he goes, Dad, I didn't bite or spit. (laughs) Good. So we celebrated, didn't bite or spit.
2: But oh. That's good, though, because he knew those are two things that are off limits. Right. Exactly. You know, exactly. Yeah. When they're locked in on the rules, it's like, all right, something. Yes. In. Yes,
1: exactly. Exactly.
2: <laughs> so did you have any um, apprehensions about Thomas going into the military?
1: Um. Well, I did because, um, you know, I think I told you we lost a brother in the Marines in the Gulf War era and that. Um, but you know, this time, so my older brother kind of took Thomas under his wings. So my older brother was a Marine. He now for a time, he worked at the Pentagon, you know, he was very, so he what? knows his stuff. So, you know, he, 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 researched and he talked to Thomas and he told me, Regina, if it were my son, I'd put him in the Navy, I guess just with uh, safety and just he's okay. the, with what he's getting into it's coding for the military. And so that, I guess that is huge in that. And, uh, so I kind of put it in my little brother's hands, you know, and, and, you know, you go when they actually sign, you go and you have this big, you know, and I just kept thinking what 18 year old knows what they want to do for six years. That's the part that just worries me to death.
0: And, um,
1: And then, you know, of course the recruiter and, and I get it, you know, they're trying to sell, they're trying to, you know, and I, I just looked at him and I said, my son's going to be in the middle of an ocean on a boat. I just know it on a ship. Oh, well, not necessarily, you know, there are other options and I'm just like, I just know it. That's the, I, that's the only part. And I don't know why it bothers me, you know? Um, of course it would bother me if we, you know, went to full-blown war or whatever, but yeah, I just think, but then they explained to me, like, he, that's when he'll be doing his schoolwork, like they all have laptops, I guess they'll have access to Wi Fi and all that. So, you know, once you get used to like the seasickness or whatever, he, he said, you wouldn't even know you're on a on a on a ship, honestly. So, you know, that's the part but um, I don't know, I you know, people keep saying it to me at work and even my, my family, you know, have you cried? How are you doing? And I am a crier. Let me, I am a crier. And I just, you know, we talked about that in the last time I talked with you, that's what's supposed to happen, you know? And um, I read a book one time and it talked about the moms, and the dads that cry. Some of it is out of regret. And I guess. Now this is not perfect Regina talking because I do have regrets, but for the most part, I don't because, you know, you, we did our job, we raised our children. And so it's like, okay, go get them, Thomas, you know? Yeah. And I think also, I think Thomas, especially, you know, they don't know what they want. and Some kids want to know exactly. I want to go to, you know this college and major in this and good for them that they do it. But the average college student changes their major three times by the time they're a junior. And Mm -hmm. I think Thomas just kind of was up in the air. Like I'm so done with school, but I know that I have to have a career. And, and I'm also looking at my brothers and sisters who are like drowning in debt. And so you know, not that that was a last minute option, but I think he really thought about it and prayed about it. And I think it's the right thing for him. I really do.
2: Yeah. I think it can be a really good option. Um, and you know, also he was making, I'm sure he was making that decision potentially when even like COVID was in the mix. Yeah, he was. So it's like, am I going to go to college and be remote? Right. Exactly. There was just a lot of factors at play. So,
1: so my 88 year
2: old mother-in-law
1: So my father-in-law was in the Navy. She, if she's told him once, she's told him like five times, don't get married, don't get a tattoo and don't loan any money. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's like her golden rule, you know? I don't know. I, I, I'm ready for a tattoo. I know it's going to happen, but maybe it'll be a shamrock. Let's hope.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, well, yeah, but the military is, it does have that reputation of, um, young marriages and they're long distance. And sometimes, you know, the challenges are just too much for a young relationship like that. I know. Yeah. That's, that
1: is a, it's not really a concern. I mean, again, he's 19, you know, you're, but, um, I think he's got a good good head on his shoulders. I don't, I don't look for him. Well, first of all, I don't think he'll settle. You know, he's, he's, he's got his, um, little re- requirements that he's talked about in a, in a, uh, wife, but you know, we'll see, we'll see. I think, I really think that these next six years are just going to fly by or by God, they better.
0: <laughs>
2: oh gosh, of course yeah. they do. I yeah. mean, you know, just in my own experience, you know, I work on TV contracts and, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's like, oh, that first, you know, your first TV job, it's like two years, two years is. Next to nothing. Yeah. And you go to your shop for two years, and then that was next to nothing. You right. Know what I mean? so right. Yeah. But yeah, it is. It is pretty cool when you put it that way. Like, who really knows what you want to do for the next six years? Right. Eight years right. Old.
1: Right. And I, I learned a lesson one time, and I, I, I remember it to this day. Um, it was a colleague of mine, and her, her son was graduating, and I said, "So, where are you going to college?" And she's like, "You know what? We say, we say, what are your plans?" And I was like, "Ooh, yeah." step back I never even thought of that you know so every time I am around a graduate I always say what are your plans you know because you and I both know the trades are just I mean unbelievable unbelievable I took my little boy to the pediatrician the other day and the pediatrician was saying that the, the guy that just came in ahead of us was bringing in his little boy and he was one of his patients And so he was obviously asking what he does. Well, he's a heating and air conditioning something. (laughs) Dr. Neptune's like, he's making more than I am, you know? And I'm, and so that's another thing. And I always used to tell my students that, you know, if you go in for welding, you can make more than Mrs. Noblow immediately. And they thought that was just, you know, but um, yeah, back to Thomas too. Um, I just thought of this. Um, It's really, hard looking through it for the lens of the little ones, you know, Chloe and Liam, like, whoa, you know, all the rooms are switched around now, you know, it's just, it's just, you know, three kids at the dinner table and that. So I think I definitely know that they're, they're struggling. They're definitely struggling. Yeah. 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 And in one of Thomas's letters, he said, I miss the food and I miss Bella, our dog. And then he said, I just want to come home and sit around the dining room table. So, yeah. So I think that's, you know, that's definitely working on the little ones and, you know, the other ones, they never had to say goodbye to a a sibling, you know, they never had a sibling in college and that. So it's been rough on them.
2: How have you handled that? How have you kind of approached or, you know,
1: definitely letters, 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 letters. And, you know, we, Obviously, we talk about them, you know, and, and, um, you know, life is really going to change when Annie has a baby, you know. So I I kind of try and focus on that. And, you know, can yeah. you believe it in a year from now, you
2: know? Um, and then well, I did get comments from people liking your journal idea. That oh, you why? Time. Thank you. Thank you. So, so people who, for people who didn't hear that, it was at what age do you buy everybody a journal when they're 10, when they're 10. Yeah. Okay. And so that, and that's this, the secret notebook. Yes. That stays between you and them. Yep. And it's just sort of a personalized, individualized yeah. way to keep communication going. And it's and they, just
1: locked they away. Cannot get in trouble. They cannot get in trouble for it. And yeah. Dan, it's just between, yeah. Um, in fact, it's funny, Timothy moved out. Uh, a couple weeks ago, and he found his journal. (laughs) I don't know if he pitched it or not. It's fine. But I just thought, oh, he'll probably get a couple laughs out of it. (laughs) Because Timothy's the one, if you remember, wrote What's a French Kiss? The very (laughs) first time he ever got the notebook. And I was like, oh, dear God, dear God, but I, I have to do this. But he's 10 years old. Can I just say it's when you kiss and you're in the country of France? Probably
2: not. But, um,
1: well, thank you. I'm glad that somebody took away that, um, that idea.
2: Good. Yeah. Good. Um, okay. Uh, where was my head going to go next? Uh, I had something. Good. I'm so glad Good. you do that.
1: Cause I listened to our last, um, podcast. And I'm like, Regina, you never shut up. Like Denise didn't have time to ask you anything. So I'm working very hard on that.
2: <laughs> no, I like, look, we've been off and running for 45 minutes. Already. I know. I know. And I haven't even gotten through the rest of the three kids. <laughs> That's what I was going to say, okay. because one of your boys is now in the trades.
1: Yes. He graduated right. from Platteville and he had a couple weeks where I was, my mommy heart was like, Oh, because he had three interviews with another different company whose name shall remain nameless. And um the last interview, we were like, oh, he's got this. You know, he's probably just going to. And so he went in and met with them. And they're like, okay, well, we just have to check with human resources. And like 10 minutes later, he gets a text, oh, thank you. But we looked for someone with a different skill set. I'm like, how? Huh? Okay. So within. Uh, 24 hours he interviewed for tri-city and got the job and he is thrilled we are thrilled because it's in davenport um so yeah yeah so timothy moved out and he is working at tri-city and he just yeah he's so funny because we have taco tuesday and so he's like yeah i might you know i might just like every tuesday just kind of you know circle around home and get some tacos i'm like you better yeah Yeah, is taco tuesday open to all (laughs) absolutely well okay this is another thing pray for my husband because he does not know how to cook for four people i mean every time every night this the kids have been gone for a while now and i'm like brian i love you but this is i mean we can't even fit the leftovers in the freezer dude yeah, so he's, he's got to learn that we don't need this much food. So, yes, Denise, you and your husband, you and your kids, come one, come all. I mean, invite Jim Mertens if you want. Yeah, just come on over.
2: <laughs> well, you know, I don't know if you know this, but my husband's an electrician. I did not know that. Yes, he's an electrician. So mine. And, um, oh, that is right. We did talk about yeah. that. So, okay, you know, so like I'm. But tell me about your husband. So, so he and his brother own an electrical shop in Muscatine taken over, uh, for the, from their dad and their uncle, uh-huh. uh, so family business. And, um, so I'm, I'm just like a big believer in, in the trades being an option, you know. know what I mean? Because I, because I grew up in a time when that was never once disgust no you know? I know and my dad my dad was a general contractor so he um you know he he's like a working kind of a guy and mm-hmm. you know I married a working kind of a guy and mm-hmm. but otherwise you know it was like you go to a good college and you do a good office job totally totally yeah same here I mean it was never discussed
1: in our family if if you know you maybe weren't sure or struggled then okay you're going to Blackhawk you know And, oh, I think about that all the time. I mean, I'm grateful that I'm a teacher, but there are so many other things that I wish I would have tried and not, you know, had that mindset of, oh, I have to go to college. So you're right. You're right. And then, you know, anybody can tell you, you look at the, not necessarily one ads, but, you know, you look online and it's just trades, 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 you know, Mm -hmm. pre, even pre COVID now with COVID it's. We can't find lunch ladies for goodness sake or lunch people. Oh my gosh. Oh it's horrible. Yeah. Horrible. But
2: we're pushing through it. We'll get there. Well, I sure hope Timothy looks good in high viz yellow because that's <laughs> yes. all he will be wearing from here on out.
1: And his safety glasses. Yes. Yes. And let's I not just forget those boots. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> oh Steel my God, yeah.
2: Boots everywhere yeah. in my garage. There's different pairs for different. Yeah weather condition. Yes.
1: Well, when Brian and and I were first married, you know, obviously he had to work himself up the ladder. He would come home just filthy grease and, you know, and so I don't miss those days. (laughs) <laughs> but again, we need people like that, you know, you, we have to have that. So yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, and especially Turner tried an office job for a while and he was just not living his best life. He was really? not thriving. He hated it. Really? He absolutely hated it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? He just, he needs to work with things mm-hmm. rather than just like working with people in mm-hmm. like a desk yeah. setting. Yeah. Suit. He hated the suits. Yeah. He hated the, he hated just the whole like golf course, country club, (laughs) you know, like schmoozy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that leads me to like, we never had, I don't know if you did. We didn't have any of those like inventories or, you know, um, there's a whole bunch of things that my kids do, you know, like freshman year, they start off even eighth grade. It's called career cruising and it's an online thing. And they, you just answer a whole bunch of questions and then, you know, they kind of zero in on you know and they ask questions just like you said do you prefer working outside or inside do you would you want to wear the same thing to work every day meaning a uniform and that and you know even something like that for us years ago I think would have been helpful I um I bombed my ACT I mean I don't think there's a person on this planet that got a lower ACT than I did (laughs) like okay um, how low oh, how bad? oh 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 well if you really want to find out go to my parents house um because there's this little hole in my parents wall and so i it's it's down in there so yeah
2: okay you well let's it, just start the you bidding put it in the wall i did
1: i did i just well okay here's what happened so at my high school they call everybody in now granted this was in 1986 the stone ages And the first thing they did wrong was they called each kid's name out. Well, it took us about 20 seconds to realize, oh, that's the higher, you know, they were kind of working their way down. So they get to to Regina and like two other kids and um, they, ours are in a manila sealed envelope. And they said, "Um, you can go down to the counselor's office. So like, it's, it's funny, but it's not because, and, and I tell this story every time I teach. And when I sub, I'm like, don't let one test score, one, you know, missed play, uh, one missed basketball. Um, and I even say like, don't let anyone, a coach, uh, aunt, uncle, aunt, anyone tell you that your worth is based on one score because yeah. I am my master's now. And this is the, this is the worst part. So I remember we went down there and he sat down and he said, so what do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to be a teacher. And he said, you better get that out of your head. You're odd. He said, you're, you're. So it was like, after you get your ACT, it scores you. He said, you can be a farmer, a florist, or a truck driver. Nothing wrong with any of those careers. Absolutely nothing wrong. But that's not what I wanted to do. And I just think about that all the time. And that counselor is still alive and my kids are like, mom, you got to go find him. And, you know, but that's probably what you did back then is you just took that right. score. And, but all right, you want to know my score. Okay. I want you to just start the bidding and I'll say higher or lower. Okay.
2: okay so <laughs> ACT was like zero to 36, right? Mm, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if everyone, everyone's gotten a zero. Um, I'm, <laughs> 22 oh honey lower 17 lower
1: <laughs> I did get double oh my digits. god that
2: was so judgmental I'm sorry I don't I care I'm that. being
1: honest I did though listen I did do double digits if that helps okay 12 lower 11 11 11 I know it wasn't a good That's day <laughs> Bless your heart. I don't. I'm trying to think back. Like, was there a cute guy in the class? Did
2: I, you know, you know what I think happened? What I think you used like a number three pencil instead of the number two. Oh, done. Absolutely. It was. It was this was a graphite issue. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, if if you filled it out with a ballpoint pen, the, your score is going to be all messed up.
0: Absolutely.
1: Well, <laughs> or maybe I was looking off another kid's paper and they were on question 40 and I was still on four. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I cannot believe I just divulged that
2: information. that has been a hidden secret for years. My kid am well, literally hidden. so you come home with this manila envelope yes. which is 11 in it. No the you- no I
1: took let me preface he took the score out of the manila, manila envelope after we were you know secured in a private counseling room. so I only had the piece right. of paper. <laughs> so my one of my brothers I can't even remember which one punched a wall out you know not a whole wall but you know there was like this you know big hole where um a fist went through so how perfect was that I just <laughs> it down no mom and dad I haven't gotten my score I have no idea <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, I know. so hilarious. So yeah, I I don't get on my kids at all about grades or test scores or any of that because, you know, it is what it is. So (laughs) my face, I mean, you can see it. It's red. I'm heated. I cannot believe I divulged that to you.
2: (laughs) Well, it, it really, though. It is a good lesson though, yeah I mean you you're sitting here with a master's degree, you know, right. and like right, and by the way, to the to the guy who said you become a florist when you're not good at school? it's like, do you know what the florists nowadays are like the most badass entrepreneurs exactly like, exactly like florists are like incredible people yeah. well, my brother's a farmer, and he
1: when he would get made fun of he's like, hey, farmers feed the world, you know, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I mean truck drivers i all the power to him because I could not like manage on that little sleep, knowing, Hey, I got, to have this huge cargo in Michigan by, you know, 10th or I just mm, right. I couldn't do it. So, so there you go, you know, and I'm sure a florist would say, I, I can be a teacher. I don't know how you do it.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so ahead of um, Abram turning five, we were talking to him the other day about what he might want to be Aww. when he grew up. And because um, he's been saying lately, like, one day I'll have a job. And I'm like, yes, I'll have a job. Right. Yeah. Maybe like 10 years from now. Yes, you're going to have a job. Everett told me that he wanted to be an ice cream truck driver. He's the two and a half yes. year old. And yes. So I said, perfect. I love it. Excellent. Drive that ice cream truck. Yeah. As long as he doesn't have some kind of a criminal record, I feel like he'd be <laughs> welcomed in the most neighborhoods. Hey,
1: I'm getting ready to sell my 12 passenger van. So there you go.
2: it's perfect done okay so I want to hear oh there's a milestone right there yeah um um and Abram says he wants to so he calls like um like just a regular pickup truck, like a Ford F one fifty. Yeah. He calls those grandpa trucks because that's what his grandpa drives. Oh. So he says he wants to be a grandpa truck driver, and what's going to be in the truck is shark fins. So what he's going to be is a poacher. I'm oh. pretty sure. Wow, deep thinker there. Wow. Yeah, I mean, he just he looks at you right in the face, and he's like, I want to drive a grandpa truck full of shark fins. <laughs> oh, I was like, okay. Yeah. Every time
1: I talk to you, Denise, I, I don't know. It's my ADHD. Cause now I'm like, oh, I got a story about that. Oh, so my Annie, the bride, is, <laughs> she and my sister and I were pregnant at the same time. So my niece, Lauren and Annie are like six weeks apart. Annie was like five and we were just, you know, hey, Annie, what do you want to be when you grow up? And she had these little purple glasses on, and she was so cute. And she said, "A necklace." And I picked up the phone and I called my sister, and I'm like, "Get Lauren!" I'm like, "Lauren, what do you want to be when you grow up?" And I don't know. Lauren probably said a physicist or whatever. And I'm like, "Annie wants to be a necklace." And to this day, <laughs> we just tease her, a tease her, a tease her, a necklace. Are you kidding me? <laughs> What's not delight? Like? I know. I know. <laughs> Okay. Back to my kids. Let's see. We've gotten rid of Annie. We married her off. Timothy. Thomas is done. Keely, our eldest, um, has 10 weeks left in her um, for her doctorate. But here's the problem. So she'll go here for 10 weeks, here for 10 weeks, here for 10 weeks. They're on their own for room and board. Totally on their own. And they're not getting paid. Like this is part of their... So... God love her. She is, she's such a penny pincher. She will call like right now she's in Topeka, Kansas. Earlier she was in South Dakota. So she won't, she does not want to spend a penny. So it is hilarious the way she has found places to stay. So this last one is taking her to South Dakota. So she emails me the other day and she's like, okay, here are my three options. One of them was like, get a long-term hotel motel stay. One of them was to live with the, like her boss, the professor, but the professor lives like 45 minutes away and that would have to be gas. And when you're a poor college, so the third one is (laughs) her friend. So there's, I'm sorry, there's two physical therapists there. So she and another girl. So a friend of a friend of a friend has a camper and you could take it to the Mm (laughs) campgrounds (laughs) <laughs> and I said, you know what? I think that would be hilarious. First of all, you two would have each other. You know, it's right up your alley. You're really not spending a dime. And so right. I think they're going to go with the camping thing.
2: <laughs> okay. She will never forget the 10 weeks she spent living in a camper. Oh, I know. With- another gal I know I mean, bottom line is that's a story for life I know um and so I'm like sort of attracted to things that like will lead to a really good yes. story yes is it an okay time of year for that sort of a setup <laughs> <You> <laughs> know, I mean we're kind of getting like on know, the edge they will work through it they
1: were oh, I'm thinking yeah I guess what I'm envisioning is a camper that plugs in
2: Okay. Or, okay. Yeah. So I'm just. I'm just not like versed in these. You're things. probably thinking like a pop up thing that you just. <laughs> See, no, I'm picturing like a very chic, like pink airstream. Oh, you know? yeah. Like I'm picturing like.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. I'll have wait. You know, tune in in ten weeks, and we'll give a Keely in the trailer camper update. Um, <laughs> this last rotation that she was at. Keely
2: so... in the camper. Yes. That Sounds like a pop. A while
1: ago when she was in another state she stayed this is perfect she stayed with a family with eight or six kids but they had a guest house in their garage and it was like to die for and Keely's like but I want to be with the kids and the family and she had it like her own little apartment now that she's in Topeka and it's safe to say it because nobody will ever know who we're, we're talking about but the person who she's staying with Keely is a runner, like hardcore. And it was right, she got there right as the Olympics were starting. And so immediately they're like meeting each other and talking. And Keely's like, Yeah, I run about, you know, 10 miles a day. And I want to train for the and the ladies of the girls like, Well, I gave up running because it was it was not glorifying my body to God. It was glorifying my body to running. And Keely's like, Okay, I'm not quite sure how to take that, but okay, all right. So um it's just been a downfall after downfall. They are just not not connecting at all. But so Keely goes to she gets up in the morning, does her run or whatever, then she goes to her clinical, then she she like packs everything and goes and hangs out at the Y until they close at nine o'clock. So that way she gets home and you know, she's the girl's already in bed and it's all great. (laughs) <laughs> well, oh poor God. girl, but again, learning experience. Yeah, it's all character yep.
2: builders, that's for sure. Yep. Okay, and so
1: does that leave, does Ooh, that leave Lily? That leaves Silly Lily. Yes, <laughs> yes. She is, she worked like three jobs this summer. You know, of course she wants to move out, move out. She's still at Ambrose and she was in like a, an apartment, but it was on campus. And the thing is, especially with girls, they do not eat those meal plans.
2: It is a waste of money. Oh, that is, that's crap. I ate all the meal plans all all the time. Oh yeah. I loved a meal plan. Okay. But, but like
1: how many meals a week did you, did you do like the ultimate 17?
2: Yeah. Everything that was offered. Are you kidding me? I lived in the dorms for four years because I loved the meal plan so much. And you're a stick. How does that work? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so,
1: um, at the last second. last Girls second. don't eat the meal
2: plan hogwash.
1: <laughs> but <laughs> it, she's saving like six grand because she got an apartment Ugh. with her friend and and she's so funny. Unlike Thomas, like there is no clue that Lily lives here. Nothing. I mean, she took everything and what she didn't take, like she put away. So now I have like this empty room and an empty dresser i'm like cool you know so yeah she is like i'm 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 never moving back home mom i'm, I'm you know i'm done so she has another year left and we'll see where life takes her but silly lily is she's out she's out of uh, here
2: yeah well i have to say that's all gonna make the holidays i know a really magical time for i you. know I know, I know, I can't,
1: I can't, that's what I'm just, oh my gosh, I'm so looking forward to that. Yeah. And the fights will start again. I know they will. I know they will. Like <laughs> a couple times it's, that's my sweater. No, it's not. Yes, it is. I've been looking for it for two years. Well, I've had it at college. So, <laughs> so that's our family. That's it. Three at home.
2: Everyone is thriving. They Everyone are. is doing wonderfully. Yes, yes. And you're right. It's what's supposed to happen. Right. Right. And, you know, I,
1: we moved off all three kids downstairs in the basement and Brian at first was like, and I'm like, honey, do you understand? Like, like quiet, like the whole upstairs is clean and stays clean the whole time. So yeah, it's, it's cool. It's cool. And dishes, oh my gosh, dishes get done in like 20 minutes as opposed to, you know, two hours, (laughs)
2: it's the little things denise the little things i understand yeah yep well what should we end on
1: hmm. Today? hmm. well let's let's just what was our objective when we first started talking and then let's go back and say did we meet our objective how's that sound <laughs> no
2: that yeah, sounds well, really bad we wanted to, we wanted to catch up with regina we wanted to catch up on five kids Aww. and um, it turns out they are living wonderful full lives and so if that was our objective, that I would was our objective. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I feel like Sally Field when you called me and you probably
1: don't even know who Sally Field is because you're so young. Yeah. But when no, she, I do, I do. When she finally, finally, finally won an Academy Award, she goes, you like me. You really like me. And I really like me. That's how I felt when you called me. I'm like, oh, she wants to talk to me again. <laughs> because you know well i mean it, it had to go through the kids like keely listened to it on her on her run and she's like mom you did very well and then lily was like mom i cried because she didn't know some of the story you know so yeah it's all good with my
2: with my kids so i think we're good to go denise <laughs> Awesome. Well, is that helping you scratch the podcast itch a little bit? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yes. Oh, my, you mean my podcast? No Your podcast. No, yeah, Keely I don't. The camper. No. Oh my gosh. I love it. Keely yeah. in the camper. She will. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. I love it. She's going to crack up when she listens to this. She's going to be like, oh my gosh, mom. Yes. Let's do that. Let's plan on Keely in the camper to come. Yes, Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. And please, the next newscast you have, please don't say this just in Regina got an 11 on her ACT. I and
2: mean, let's just keep that on the low down. Okay. All right. Yeah. I won't put that in my promotional graphic. Perfect. Perfect. Oh, I love it. You oh. are such a delight to talk to. Thank oh. you so much, Regina. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of On a Mother Level. Um, a Camper and Keeley update will be coming in the next couple of months. I always enjoy having Regina back. And if you are a regular listener, let me know some parenting topics that you might want an experienced mom, Regina, to tackle with us. Because um, I absolutely want to have her back. So, hope you're all having a great week. Hope um, your October is off to a great start. Today is National Podcasters Day, which is not a real holiday, but whatever, I'll celebrate it. So thank you for being a wonderful listener of this podcast. I appreciate you. Share this episode with a friend. And when it comes to parenthood, we can relate.